passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And we are live, everybody. Welcome to this week's Cafe Hangout. Hello, everybody. It's John Pollock and Wei Ting here with you for the next 90 minutes as we are going to be chatting with several guests on the show. We're going to be opening up the phone lines and tackling what is the uh, the biggest news story in the world. And, of course, um, no industry is, uh, is spared from its effects as well, uh, discussing the coronavirus and news breaking at a fever pitch as well there is just so much um coming down by the hour so we're going to try our best to keep up with all of it and joining us on the show today uh specific to that issue is uh, one of our listeners alex patel who's a critical care physician here in toronto at a local hospital he's going to be uh, joining us to kind of uh share his perspective on this uh what he is dealing with day to day and hopefully impart some uh, valuable information to a lot of people that uh, listen whenever something like this occurs um there's always a lot of questions and unfortunately sometimes a lot, a lot of, of misinformation gets yeah, spread out there and absolutely. that's that's a very critical part of this whole thing is to be re realizing where you are getting your information from looking at places like uh, the center for disease control the world health organization and you know re relying on credible outlets out there because it's very easy to get um caught up in stuff that is either inaccurate or just misleading. So uh, I look forward to speaking with Alex as well. Uh, we had already scheduled uh, for Benno uh, to be joining us, and he was at uh, WXW 16 Carat Gold Weekend uh, this past week. And we'll we'll discuss with him kind of what the environment was like um, there as, you know, the, the coronavirus was certainly on a lot of people's minds. Um, and several, uh, Jamesy included, ended up not going last weekend to attend that uh, because of those concerns. Uh, we'll talk with him about kind of how it has ramped up over the past couple of days over in Europe and going into this weekend where this morning OTT made the call. They are scrapping their events of Scrapper Mania. Yeah. Um, so that eliminates, you know, their show on Saturday. They had sold over 2,000 tickets to that show. Mm -hmm. um, this is going to have a debilitating effect on a lot of smaller companies um, on on talent it's like that's the thing it's just everyone you know feels this in different ways so we're going to tackle this as best we can what is the latest thus far concerning wrestlemania so 
as of today, there was there was a meeting in the city, and this comes courtesy of uh, Chris Welch, who's an editor at uh, at The Verge, and he wrote that the city of Tampa is putting the decision to postpone WrestleMania firmly in the court of WWE. No order to cancel it yet, but officials are highlighting uh, the governor urging cities and companies to cancel large gatherings. The message is clear. He goes on to say local uh, officials emphasizing that the situation is fluid and they want to give it a week. WrestleMania is a little over three weeks away. Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Cronister said WWE is taking all of this under advisement and consideration. And uh, that's uh, what he states. So Jane Castor, who is the mayor of Tampa, uh, was quoted as stating that they don't have to make immediate decisions about events that are several weeks away, and that would include WrestleMania, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, has stated that they are very much persuading people not to hold large gatherings, which WrestleMania would fall under. So it seems that it is a bit of a disconnect from the various levels of government in Florida. And I think you just have to look at the action that other large-scale events are taking ones that are happening way beyond three weeks from now. Uh, when we look at various concerts, conventions, uh, what the NBA did on Wednesday night suspending its season, the NHL has now followed suit. Major League Soccer has followed in the same. They are putting their games on pause. Uh, numerous uh, co college basketball um, conferences are putting their games on hold. It seems that everyone is kind of following in this order. And when you look at just different examples across the world. It seems that um, the New York Times was talking about this this morning that um, the World Health Organization, they were praising the actions taken by China and South Korea that were some extreme measures taken to try and contain this as best as possible. And that Italy, they feel were very late to respond to this and saw them grow to become number two among deaths due to the virus. And now Italy is going to these extreme measures, like essentially the country is on lockdown. And I think that you have to look at those kinds of actions and inaction. And that I just, I, I don't know at this moment how you kind of push through this other than, and I completely understand, like these are major decisions that a company um, is going to face from a revenue perspective. And that that that's part of the equation for these companies. Like Certainly. that's just exactly that is how they are going to be balancing all of this. Because if it was strictly just from a preventable measure, this event's off. Yeah, absolutely. I feel though at this point in time when we've already the world has already been through this for I would say more than a month now, we've seen the lessons that we should have learned by now. And yes. I would say it's definitely inexcusable in my opinion that that tampa has you know not just stepped in and said hey this isn't happening because we know that the wwe if it's up to them they will just go on it's kind of just a, just a game of you know putting the decision onto the other and no side wants to be the one that tells and, the audience that this this show is not happening and are we not past that point where you know we have to place such a priority over uh business and revenue over the health of potentially thousands of people that might turn into tens of thousands of people and more than that? It, it certainly is. I think you can look at WWE and it's one thing that this weekend not happening, it's a hit, but it's it's not as though, like I, 
can understand a lot of the smaller companies. When uh, Sammy Callahan put up a video this morning that they are trying their best to keep this weekend, sh- their independent show going this weekend, stating that if we don't do this, like we could go bankrupt. I mean, that is the reality for a lot of independent companies is that their livelihood is show to show. Like they live very much hand to mouth based on how the latest show, the, the money that they put into the next show, it's recouped on the back end by producing such a show. So you can understand when you see a lot of independent promoters and independent wrestlers pushing for the idea that let's hope that these shows happen because this is such a this is such a huge week for them that determines their for some of them their their entire year is based upon a couple of days mm-hmm. over WrestleMania weekend. So you have to understand the perspective that people are coming from. Of Others course. are able to look at this kind of more clear of what the bigger priority is, which is people's health. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, I just think about what the worst case scenario is. And you're very much, I think, playing with fire when you're, you know, at this point, deciding to hold events, especially a month out from where we even are right now, when this thing is expected to get much worse. Um, and I, I feel for anybody who has travel plans that, you know, has booked time off from work, has booked plane tickets, has booked air, uh, air airfare, and not knowing really whether or not they should be going because, the companies themselves haven't really made a firm decision about that. So we are going to be updating um, as much as possible uh, throughout this. Um, I'm always very cautious to just like relay um, stuff here because, um, you know, you want to make sure. Things change by the minute. Things are changing quickly. Um, apparently, Andrew, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, has just banned gatherings uh, of 500 or more people effective this Friday. So that would certainly affect next week's uh, AEW card in in Rochester. Uh, I did call the arena this morning and spoke with a representative who technically works with the minor hockey team there who just stated that an announcement would be forthcoming from the arena regarding next week's uh, AEW show. AEW, at last check, they have not stated anything publicly. Um, Combache out of Brazil has reported that this Saturday's UFC card in Brasilia would be in front of an empty arena. The UFC has not yet commented on that. Bellator currently has a show scheduled for Friday night in Uncasville, Connecticut. One championship in Asia. They're doing empty arena shows through the middle of May. Um, so those are just uh, some of the measures being taken. And there's just there's so many. This affects everyone. We are still waiting for an official announcement from WWE about the status of SmackDown on Friday night. And it is ske- it was scheduled for Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. Um, then we saw the report on Thursday, on Wednesday night that it may be moving to the PC. It, it would seem very difficult to imagine it taking place at Little Caesars Arena, um, which is where the Utah Jazz played this past weekend. Saturday. Yeah. Uh, this past Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like that alone would, to me, be disqualifying to hold an event there. But that has not been made official yet by WWE. So we are still waiting for them to make that announcement. Do you want to open up the phone lines a little bit? Yeah, we are happy to talk with with anyone and um, discuss uh, whatever subjects you would like. I think this is certainly the the predominant one, though. 1-732-800-4423 or Skype us post-wrestling. Phone lines are open, talking obviously about this issue. And uh, later on in the show, of course, we have a couple guests as well. But uh, get your phone calls in right now. What do you guys think about this? Do you have plans to go to WrestleMania? Um, are you comfortable if you do have those plans and, uh, all in all, how is this affecting perhaps your day to day? We're very curious. So maybe we start off here with, uh, 
our man, Neil, in Ireland. How are you doing, Neil? Oh, can you? Guys, hello. Hey, how are you doing? I'm sorry. I was just on the lag there with the video. Not a problem. Um, okay, what's on your mind, Neil? Getting that yeah, I just well, there's so many aspects to this story. Uh, first of all, very, very quickly, way uh, happy birthday for later on this week on a happier note. Thank you. Um, and I hope you enjoy your weekend. Um, yeah, one thing, and it's not really, obviously, um, there, there are, as you mentioned, people with travel plans and so on. I'm one of those, but I'm really quite relaxed about all of that at the moment because, hey, you know, whatever will be will be and if it if these thing if it is if wrestlemania is cancelled as looks likely you know there there'll be refunds and there'll be other times my main gripe about this is isn't absolutely you know laser focused on wrestling i've been watching a bit of the you can't miss it the um the coverage from across the atlantic and from the trump administration and this notion that he's calling it a foreign virus uh, his Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, calls it the Wuhan virus. And Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader in the House, has been calling it the Chinese coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't hear terminology like that from anywhere else. I don't want to get too political, but it does seem to be, you know, let's other this thing, you know, um, and... You know, where I would, I really don't want to put you on the spot as a kind of Canadian Asian correspondent on on any of this sort of thing. But it makes me feel um, angry, you know, hearing that sort of thing and the and the possible consequences of of it. And mm. I, I wonder, I wonder what you guys thought. And that's all I have this week. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you, Neil. Yeah. Um, to be quite honest, I feel like I I haven't necessarily felt that level of uh, faith. In I think that administration, you know, to be culturally sensitive for a long time. So it's not something that really surprises me. Certainly, it might be something that would bother me if I think I had higher expectations of, you know, these political leaders. But it's it's not something that really um, is that surprising. Um, it just seems it's disappointing, certainly, when you have, I think, you know, supposed leaders of like a, a whole country, the most powerful country in the world, uh, speaking, I think, a lot more ignorantly than, you know, a lot of my friends that that are just uh, simply people that that take the news in uh normally but you know i choose to associate with people in my life that i think are a lot more educated uh about these types of issues and are a lot more sensitive about the reality of what's going and on and that's a and it's a larger discussion but i i don't think people are i mean just from his address on wednesday night and you know different aspects of that you know travel restriction that had to be clarified the next day hmm. um it's just anyway it's it not the first person you're looking for as an authority on this this global crisis. Back to the phone lines. Caller, what's going on? Hello, post office. This is MJ from Live in New York. Hey, MJ. How you doing, man? Had better days. Um, pretty down today, mostly in response to kind of how my company's handling the situation. And How is your company just, uh, handling this situation? So for context, I work in a midtown office building, um, probably 35 floors. Um, basically just business as usual. They have been very reluctant to even suggest to people if they want to work from home, they can. And, you know, I'm in a position where if I wanted to, I could. My boss would not have, not have a problem with that. But it's just discouraging to see them handle it in such a corporate and cold fashion when the reality is, is like, we're at a point now where this is what I wanted to talk to you guys about. 
You can either be part of a solution, a community solution, a society solution, where whether you feel this is a dangerous disease, not a dangerous disease, no worse than the common flu, whatever you want it to be, we need to stop the spread of it because the more it spreads, the more panic is in, is created and the more it's going to disrupt normal life and it's going to take longer and longer and longer to get back to a, a place of normalcy and to see institutions and corporations and in some cases now governments finally starting to act, but to see them drag their feet on being part of a global solution is a bit discouraging for me. And that's why I want to talk about mania with you guys. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, you guys know I'm supposed to, I was supposed to come down to Tampa and I will, uh, I regrettably am going to say I'm, I'm out. Can't do it. Um, And there's a bunch of reasons why. And, one of them is I just don't know if I'd have as good a time as I would like um, being concerned or having it in the back of my head, whether or not it's safe to be in certain places. And the other is, I think, as a wrestling community and a wrestling, uh, you know, a group of fans, a, a, a community of fans and promoters and companies, you know, we can all go down to Tampa and have an awesome weekend and then we can leave Tampa. And who knows what we leave Tampa looking like, bringing disease from other countries, bringing, you know, things that. Uh, I just don't think are necessary. And when I think about the WWE's social responsibility, which is a pretty morally bankrupt company, we know that, but to have any social decency and to just basically stand up and say, look, we can put our, we, we can put everybody's concerns ahead of our own and do what's right for ever, for the community, for the local communities. I, I just think that's important. And it's, you know, I, I'm, rambling because i'm a little all over the place with my thoughts it's no it's understandable MJ. i think a lot of people this. are in the same boat i think a lot of people have the same concerns that you do uh several weeks out and i think that it's still uh i think people with a direct um interest in traveling to tampa for wrestlemania are slowly coming to the realization uh that you're at that it it just does not make a whole lot of sense to be moving forward with this and the hope would be that um WWE and the city of Tampa are kind of in lockstep with that as well. And I think that that is, I think for most are kind of hopeful that that is the outcome that occurs here. Although with the sympathy that there, it is going to negatively affect a lot, a lot of people uh, financially. Like that's an unfortunate part of this. Yeah. But it's and, a reality. And it sucks. Like, yeah, it, it is a reality and it sucks. Um, I guess part of the reason I'm sad today is because I made the decision I'm not going to do it. And I'm bummed I won't get to see you guys and I won't get to hang out in the Airbnb that we were going to have and see no. a bunch of people that like Neil, who just called to where I couldn't wait to meet in person and a bunch of other guys. And it sucks. Um, you yeah. know, I, I don't want refunds from any of the companies. Uh, you know what? I support you guys. I don't want my money back. I feel bad for you guys as much as I feel bad for myself. And I'm in a position where um, you know, for GCW where I bought tickets and for Wally Mania and all these companies, like keep the money. It's not about that to me. It's about doing what I think is morally and socially right at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes you guys too. keep the money. I don't care. <laughs> well, uh, w- you know, we're not really going to get into, uh, addressing like our plans yet for, for Tampa and, and such, but understandable. It's different, but l- listen for the, uh, the people out there that, that may feel bad. 
do not feel bad for the two of us okay there's no it, it, we are absolutely not in any position that we are so insignificant in this grand story that it's it, it is not even uh, it's not of any concern for the two of us absolutely so appreciate it mj uh, we're, we're gonna have to let you go right now because we do have a guest coming on but uh please feel hey, better thanks man for booking alex by the way thank yeah, you for booking thank alex. you for the suggestion he has been so good in the forum so yes thank has. you Thank All right. Bye. Thanks a lot, MJ. Take care. Um, before we get to that, I do just want to read this. This was from the uh, the Washington Post yesterday um, when uh, Dr. Anthony uh, Fauci spoke. Uh, this was on Tuesday. And in regards, because I know that the, the comparison to the flu is one that has been repeated by a lot of people. And this was, was his quote what, about uh, the flu has a mortality of 0.1%. This has a mortality rate of 10 times that. That's the reason I want to emphasize that we have to stay ahead of the game in preventing this. So, I mean, take it from the authorities here. I'm not saying for people to just be having to just be outraged and overwhelmed by panic. But at the same time, you cannot uh, dismiss this, especially at this stage. And it's just irresponsible to do that. Feel like last week that was certainly part of the discussion, but I mean, I feel like over the past forty-eight hours, I, I I feel like people are coming to the realization that yeah, this is worse than the flu. This is what's going on, and I hope so. I hope people are taking this a lot more seriously than maybe we have in the past week. Let's go to our first guest. Benno is here with us from the British Wrestling Experience. Uh, we were bringing him on to chat about all of uh, what went down in uh, Germany last weekend for sixteen karat gold weekend. Um, but certainly, uh, there there are major stories uh, since then. Benno, uh, first of all, welcome to the program. Uh, hey guys, what a day! Yeah, all that uh, WXW stuff seems seems to pale in significance now to everything that's happened these last few days. It's just been such a whirlwind, uh, Benno, over the last couple of days. Mm. Uh, what what is the sense uh, of the mood over over in England right now? Just in your day to day over the past uh, 24, 48 hours. I mean, uh, over here, I mean, it is just. It, it, it's the only thing that's going on. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty much all anybody is talking about. And that goes for not just England, but the I think the entirety of Europe and the entirety of the world. Uh, it's just a conversation on everybody's lips. And yeah, it's interesting. Like uh, two weeks ago, I traveled to Slovakia for a weekend trip back when the, the news was just breaking. And it, it didn't seem, you know, it wasn't as heavy as it's been this week. Today, the borders are closed to that country. Uh, far less cases there than there are at home in England, but yeah, they've taken that step. Obviously, I was in Germany last week, and they've uh, they were a lot quicker than than England in announcing you know closure of big events with uh, with more than one thousand people. Other countries, you know, Ireland have, have closed now. Uh, they're closing schools, and they're talking about you know as we know, OTTs cancelled this weekend, so sporting events are getting cancelled. Whereas in the UK, yeah, a couple of hours ago, our prime minister took to the news and essentially said all schools are staying open uh, which and all hospitals are staying open and there won't be any cancelling of, of any live sports. So we're all a little bit perplexed in England, kind of watching the rest of the world maybe have a slightly quicker response than uh, than we are. How about uh, your workplace environment, Benno? Like you don't have to go into mm-hmm. any specifics uh, that you don't want to, but is it uh, uh, just what's kind of the mood maybe among uh, colleagues and, and such um, coming out of mm. all of this? Yeah, again, it's a, it's a big conversation piece. I work in what we call in the UK the civil service, so I am paid by the government, and we should probably know first before anybody else. But we're uh, we're still we're waiting for information. Uh, I think everyone's a bit paranoid. You know, I was obviously in like I said, I was in Germany last weekend. Came home last couple of days, I started to notice I had a bit of a sore throat, and you start 
panicking, don't you? You start thinking, yeah. oh God, you know what? You know what, what? What is the actual right thing to do? Uh, our prime minister came out today and did say, you know, if anybody has a cold or they experience flu symptoms, then people should self isolate. But it does sound like a a common theme throughout the world. Is just a, there's information out there, but it's it's what to believe in and and how to take it and how literally to take uh, some of the advice as well. How much of this was part of the conversation of, of you know, attendees that you visited when you were out there in Germany? Mm. Yeah, it was a big conversation. Obviously, you guys mentioned earlier, James, my co-host on BWE, couldn't make it out. Uh, obviously, with his job, he couldn't uh, come home and uh, I think he would have had to self-isolate for, for two weeks. So he couldn't justify that and couldn't come. There are other reasons people couldn't make it out. You know, uh, Flybe going out of business, as people will have heard on BWE that affected Will Cooling. But the coronavirus was a big talking point, you know, the, to the point where, you know, the the promoters and the wrestling company put out that, you know, there'll be no shaking of hands at the show. I was there as media and there'd be no, no shaking hands between the media. I believe the wrestlers were uh, hitting feet against each other, kind of kicking each other's feet as a, a greeting instead. Uh, mm -hmm. There were a lot of fist bumps exchanged and a lot of uh, back pats, but everybody did do their best to avoid handshakes. But yeah, even me, you know, I'm looking back at it now thinking, you know, I made the decision to go. There wasn't really any government advice not to go at the point of going, but you know, are these big wrestling events really worth it when the you know the health of the world is at stake? Uh, and yeah, you know, as I said, while we were there, you know, we were all thinking, will this weekend even take place? And WXW just about got the weekend to take place, but while we were there, the, the local governments announced they weren't going to allow gatherings of more than a thousand people, which would have included WXW. So if that was a week later, it wouldn't have happened. Uh, which you know does ask the question a little bit, you know, should it have happened um, in the first place? You know, so far. I've not heard uh, any stories of anybody uh, coming home sick, but you know it's a it's a big event with lots of people coming from all around the world. So yeah, that was definitely on uh, everybody's mind there, and I think everybody's mind still now that we're all back at home. And, and I mean that's you, you know knock on wood it doesn't occur, but it almost seems like naive not to expect it that you know that there's going to come the the case of of a wrestler and then suddenly backtracking of all the different shows they've worked over the last few weeks mm. and who they've come into contact with. And that to me, like we've seen the effects of it. Now it's uh, two players on the Utah jazz that have tested positive for it. And the league suspending its games, other leagues have followed suit as well that, you know, that that's got to be top of mind as well. If, if you're a performer and just having that, that paranoia seep in as well. Mm, definitely. I mean, that's happened over here as well. The, the Premier League, the, the big football league in England is still going on. But, you know, there has been players that have uh, have suffered as well, who've, uh, who've had to self-isolate. Uh, and, you know, obviously the same thing with wrestling. You know, I might we, we joke about, you know, wrestlers not shaking hands backstage, but once they're out there in the ring, they're doing lots more than shaking hands, aren't they? Um, lots of fans about, lots of interaction with fans as well. It really does only take one case for yeah, for this type of thing to, to really spread and, uh, and wrestling to become a, a focus of the news as well. What, what what has the impact been uh, of everything thus far on you know uh, the independent scene o over there, uh, Benno? Um, and if these companies are going to have to cancel all these shows financially, how will it impact all of them? Yeah, I think you know a lot of 
promotions in the UK are living hand to mouth and they're, they're dependent uh, on these live shows and dependent on, you know, flights they may have booked already and talent they may have booked already. Uh, obviously, yeah, OTT have, have felt that already this weekend and, you know, good for them. Fans have banded together and started, uh, I believe it's a GoFundMe to help out OTT because, you know, even a company as big as OTT, if you, you lose a big show with a couple of days notice and you have to refund a lot of tickets, you might have already booked flights that you can't get money back for you know i saw gcw say it yesterday you know from an american point of view with small companies you know there's not going to be that level of insurance that a that a big company would have so the general feeling i'm getting is obviously aside from ott because they're an island and they're a different case the british companies or the english companies the likes of catch wrestling who came out today announced their show is still going on i'll be preston city wrestling i've got a big road to glory tournament this weekend that is still going on they're going to keep going until the government steps up and tells them not to and that was the attitude they got in germany as well to bxw told us directly to the media you know if if our bundesliga the big football uh, games are going on with tens of thousands of people then who's going to cancel uh, this small wrestling show uh, obviously uh, that situation changed in germany so It'd be interesting to see if it does change in the UK as well, because, yeah, these these local promotions do rely, you know, do live basically show to show. Uh, and if a, if a show is taken away and there are big refunds to be made, there might be smaller promotions that don't make it. There might be wrestlers who really struggle, who are dependent on that, that week to week paycheck from the individual companies and will be scrambling for bookings. So, yeah, it does unfortunately look quite bleak uh, if the situation does continue as it has been uh, worldwide. And, and I mean, that really extends right to the top because that is now it, within professional wrestling, the major focus on WrestleMania weekend. And it seems to be like this weird issue back and forth at the moment where the city of Tampa doesn't want to be the one to make the call and WWE mm. doesn't want to make the call. And both of them are pointing in the opposite direction saying, you decide what, what's happening. And it seems that it's just limbo at the moment. And it could be for at least another week that... I, I just as the hours progress, Benno, it just seems like is this the wisest idea, even, you know, with the, the financial ramifications that come with pulling the plug, it does seem to be the responsible choice to make in this moment. Yeah, it does. You know, to delay it, you know, or to you know, do it later in the year or to find a, another solution just to announce something, I think would be a good idea because it's all well and good. You know, the the city coming out and saying, oh, you know, it's a few weeks away. Yeah, we've still got time to make a decision. But when you've got traveling fans who are going to have hotels booked and flights booked and show tickets booked, never mind the, the smaller promotions who are hanging on, hoping there's going to still be a big weekend coming up. It's those kinds of people that are caught in the crossfire. And obviously with the big the travel ban that Trump put in place for Europeans to fly out. That doesn't affect the UK and Ireland at the moment, but anybody in Central Europe is is pretty much stuff right now for, it looks like at least, for, for WrestleMania weekend. And yeah, you know, the Brits and, and Irish are probably going to be in the same position as well. So yeah, I think this just this uncertainty uh, and putting off the decision, it feels inevitable to me. It feels, based on all of the other sports leagues, it seems, in the US and most parts of the rest of the world, the obvious decision is going to have to be to cancel or or delay WrestleMania, mostly delay it. Uh, so yeah, just I just hope that they don't leave it too late and leave too many fans, wrestlers, and wrestling companies uh, on the fringes and out of pocket here. If you can put yourselves into the the shoes of of a you know the European consumer that has booked all of their travel and tickets for Tampa, if you were in that position now, are you looking at just 
you're out at this point or are you holding on at the end when, you know, a lot of some of these are not guaranteed to be refundable. And I think you know, mm. pe- people are going to be thinking that way about, you know, what they've in- what they've invested and kind of, you know, turning in their chips at this point and realizing this is not happening at this point. I mean, what would be kind of your course of action now? Because it's certainly the one we're in at this point. Yeah, I think it's a really hard decision to make. I was in a similar but not maybe as extreme position with WXW last weekend and a lot of other people were and myself and other people chose to still travel and go to the show and you know, keep our bookings right up to the day of the show in the worry that that might cancel. This is that tenfold and you know, I think that the smart thing probably is to to cut your losses and just see see the writing on the wall, you know, and see that even if it does go ahead, I think it's not going to be, you know, everything that, you know, there will be casualties. There'll probably be smaller shows that, that have to take the decision to cancel early. Uh, and I wonder, you know, can you even get away with a, a big stadium show? I think the the smart thing and the smart advice to be would, would be to yeah maybe take the loss now uh, unfortunately and and do your best to cancel but yeah that that's an easy thing for me to say if I if I was in that position and I had non refundable flights or non refundable hotels uh, you probably will be you know sitting uh, looking at your phone scrolling Twitter with your fingers crossed hoping in this uh, this big weekend is uh, is still going on but yeah it certainly doesn't uh, look particularly good right now and, and I've got to say like just seeing you know you know, re- really feeling for a lot of these promoters that have so much invested, the independent wrestlers that this weekend means so much to, it might not be the right time now, but at some point, you know, there is a larger conversation here to be had about, you know, that these wrestlers and these promoters that they depend show to show to make a living. Mm. And they're in, in these cases, I think many of them would put their, like their, their well-being um, to the side in making this decision. And that's not something you just snap your fingers and can have, um, you know, an association in place, a union in place, certain protective measures for such an extreme example that we're seeing at the moment. But I mean, that is somewhat a, a cautionary moment out there to mm. look upon that here, these people are going to put their health at risk in order to, you know, make a paycheck, which I can understand that that line of thinking that you don't work, you don't get paid. And that's the reality for those that do, are not contracted performers with major companies. Yeah, reality is the word. It's a reality check. You know, uh, over in the UK, we might make sometimes and on, on our show BWE, we might occasionally make fun of people signing NXT UK contracts. But, you know, you sign an NXT UK contract and at least you're guaranteed an income from a, you know, a stable company. If you're an independent wrestler and, you know, don't we all of our, our independent wrestlers who, you know, fly their own flag and do their own thing. This is the obvious negative of that when it whether it be an injury or whether it be a catastrophe like this, you know, a international emergency like this that you really can't plan for it is a real reality check for the the difference between the haves and the have-nots in wrestling because yeah there are so many wrestlers who do depend on you know the the bookings that they have do depend on the merch that they're going to sell at the uh the shows that they're having that that fan interaction uh and they are you know living hand-to-mouth and living week to week so yeah it's a it's a real reality check it, it you know pushes the point of you know uh, maybe on a lower level some kind of unionization in wrestling some i know david Starr has been pushing for that in the uk where you know if you do join some of the unions over in the uk you will be protected for for bookings that you lose or, or paydays that you lose but obviously that's that's just the uk the the internationally and you know in, in florida particularly i don't believe it's a it's quite the case there so yeah there's maybe some things wrestlers can do 
you know, you can you can sit on everyone can sit on our high horses, can't we? And say, save your money, be careful for moments like this. But when you're a wrestler on the grind, uh, that's easy to say and and hard to put in practice. Uh, so yeah, it is. It's a real reality check for those kinds of wrestlers. And hopefully, you know, the support we've seen from fans. I've seen lots of fans on Twitter's arrange, you know, things like uh, GoFundMe's and just mm-hmm. generally push for fans to join VOD services or buy some more T-shirts. Obviously, if you've got the money, do that. If you don't, don't. But you know, hopefully, those types of things are helping the wrestlers in this uh, really unfortunate position. Do you feel like there's a way for, you know, wrestlers or in wrestling companies to continue to make a living without actually putting on physical shows, without actually putting on maybe even matches? Is is something mm. like that at all possible in your mind? Yeah, I suppose you see the, the likes of Patreon. Uh, I know there are some wrestlers who, who run Patreon. So I think, uh, I'm trying to think of some, Cole Cabana has had a Patreon over the past, mainly to do with his podcast. Uh, but you know, Ethan Page has a Patreon where he does extra content. He puts out videos on there and generally keeps uh, better in touch with his fans, does merchandise discounts. I think those kind of wrestlers who are creative in that way, who maybe, you know, make a, an extra bit of living from podcasts and or video logs or just from general, you know, direct to fan uh, kind of consumption. I think those guys are probably going to be better off than the rest. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough with with no shows to to meet fans directly. Uh, these wrestlers are really going to have, have to be creative. So yeah, maybe those kind of uh, social media avenues might uh, be the way forward to uh, to bridge the gap between now and whenever this thing is uh, maybe moved on a little bit. Uh, just touching a little bit on this past weekend, um, you know, you you were there present for the the press conferences that uh, I don't know how many people maybe outside of attending these events are familiar with, but I, I do have to say that you know there was a major story coming out of Saturday's show with David Starr, and to their credit, like the w- WXW, their officials they go out in front of you guys, and it seems like all questions are open. They might not be completely transparent about every subject that is brought up, but I do give them credit that they have that kind of setup for the media to at least ask questions. And, um, you know, it it seems like a very professional setup at WXW. And I've always heard that's, that's been the case for these weekends. Oh, absolutely. And it's completely foreign to, you know, the likes of us covering British wrestling. I believe Progress have uh, tried to do media events in the past, but not to not to this level. And I don't think there's any other comparison, really, to what WXW do. And yeah, you know, they do. They put themselves on stage and they're, and they're willing to, you know, field these questions, whether it be, you know, questions about David Starr and WWE or it be questions, you know, directly about their booking. You do have to applaud them for being there. Unfortunately, yeah, there are questions they can't answer. And that's mm-hmm. become a real common theme these last uh, three or four media panels, to be honest, ever since rumors of a potential relationship with WXW and WWE came about. And then as it became more and more obvious, there was a relationship. They've been, I'd say, even less able to answer certain questions. But even then, yeah, when they when they do have to dance around certain details, they are there to face the media and they are there to you know answer questions uh, as best they can. Um, and yeah, considering the the position I suppose they're in from a from a business point of view, that's about the most you can you can really ask of any promotion in in twenty twenty. And what do you see as kind of David Starr's role right now within? The European scene at large, if it's one that is disconnected from WXW, that he has largely been removed from from progress as well. I mean, this was certainly a big story coming out of the weekend and, you know, in light of uh, worldly events has kind of been overshadowed since. But he Mm. 
you know, I, I, I hope it's a story that at some point more people can revisit because it, it was certainly something that I, I hope doesn't get forgotten. No, absolutely not. And yeah, it's a, it was a huge story on the weekend. And yeah, I think hopefully at some point when normal business resumes, it will continue to be a big story. As I heard Way say earlier in the week, I think with David Starr, he's the type of person who can take this kind of story and wear it as a badge of honor. He's the independent David Starr who's too hot for WWE and isn't being used by their partner promotions. And I think he's most likely going to use it to to push forward in OTT and RevPro in the places that he is allowed to work. Uh, but yeah, you know, he's, he has been the performer in European wrestling these last two years. So while, you know, I think he's going to be fine and he's not going to struggle for work. It does really say something about the, the top end of this European wrestling scene and that, yeah, OWXW and progress, which are probably the two biggest, uh, certainly progress in the UK and in the wider Europe scene, it's probably WXW. And due to their ties to WWE, if, you know, reports from Dave Meltzer and the likes are, are to be believed, uh, they're being, you know, quietly encouraged not to use David Starr, a wrestler as good as David Starr is, and a wrestler with the buzz and with the just the general fan support that David Starr has. So it's a really sad situation, really, that, yeah, that they, they on the one hand, they get the whatever benefits come from this WWE relationship, whether it be a place on the WWE network, as has been rumored for a long time, you know, lens of their talent talents as we saw over the, the weekend in WXW with uh, Alexander Wolf turning up and Leah Rush uh, scheduled to turn up but unfortunately cancelled on the last minute but they do have the negative yeah of, of not being able to use a wrestler as good as David Starr and you know from a fan point of view they do unfortunately uh, for them come across as the bad guy here uh, everybody likes an underdog and you can't really look at a story like this and not have sympathy for David Starr even if you can recognize that you know he will be able to use this for his advantage too. And regardless of, you know, what, what is said or not said um, by, by any of these these companies or not, if you are a performer, I think it's certainly implied that you do not want to touch these landmines that are, you know, talk of unionization. It's like if you want to openly discuss those subjects, I mean, this is a cautionary tale. And I, I think that's a, a message that whether you are told it or not, it's certainly implied. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And whether that's, you know, directly the reason or, you know, it's the other litany of things you could probably uh, say David Starr has done over the last few months that will have uh, annoyed WWE. It will, you know, to push people away from making those type of statements. It might might even push people away from, you know, signing up to, to unions. David Starr has recommended like equity or just, you know, being involved with his We the Independent movement. I think that that does become a problem, really. I think it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, we do see other David stars who are as vocal as him. Um, obviously, it'd be good for David Starr if he continues to be the only one flying this flag from a, I don't know, a branding point of view, but for the, the real man behind David Starr who really wants, and he does play that line, you know, between character and the real man pushing for these things, but it will affect, you know, what he wants to do going forward. At the end of the day, all of the things he wants, be it unionization of wrestlers, better payments of wrestlers are, appearing on the WWE network and on other services these are all good things for wrestling and good good things for for wrestlers themselves as well and yeah if uh, if this 
quiet blackballing if that's a, a word that can can be used to to describe this is is really true uh then yet yeah, it's it's a cautionary tale for other wrestlers and it's a really really unfortunate thing considering the uh, the great uh, plans that it seems david Starr has for wrestling and the, the things that he's trying to uh, see put in place on a on an independent level that might help you know big weekends uh, like what's coming up with wrestlemania and help wrestlers who might be struggling for work over these next couple of months uh, there's also uh, a great uh, rundown of the entire weekend uh, from 16 Carat that uh, Benno has up on the site at postwrestling.com. I would encourage all of you to go check that out. A real thorough rundown of uh, some of the highlights of the weekend, uh, including uh, Bandito and Speedball that everyone is raving about and going through the major stories coming out of the weekend, including uh, the David Starr story. And uh, Benno, I was I was ready to wrap up this interview by locking in our date for May. But uh, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> F9, just uh, the latest addition to all of this, it has now been put off till April of 2021. So, I mean, the, uh, the, the invite is still open. We will definitely be reviewing F9 with Benno, but it looks like uh, we, we are going to have to wait 14 months for this movie to come out. Wow, at least we're prepared, John. I mean, we've waited this long for Justice for Han. We can probably do another 14 months. If it means the safety of the world and the uh, the cinema goers, we can we can live with it. Uh, but yeah, it's a real killer having that, uh, that trailer come out and that tease. And now we've got to wait that long uh, for this film. But it'll just make it worth the wait even more. And yeah, we can uh, we can be really prepared. We can book that podcast in now. So yeah, in what, 14 months from now, we'll be here. We'll be chatting about Fast 9. Uh, and I'm sure it'll be worth uh, whatever wait. Well, Benno, uh, thank you so much. Uh, always fantastic to chat with you and uh, going through like all of these issues that uh, you know people uh, want to hear from. So uh, you can always catch Benno alongside uh, Jamesy and Martin on the British Wrestling Experience bi-weekly here at postwrestling.com and with Joe and JP on the Grapple Spotlight podcast. Uh, you guys, uh, there may be uh, less wrestling going on, but I don't think that there is any shortage of uh, topics for the three of you coming up. Yeah, two-hour coronavirus special coming this Monday, everybody. Look for that, grapple.popfeed.com. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Benno. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Benno. So there you go. And uh, yeah, his uh, his rundown is really great uh, with his coverage uh, of 16 Carat from last weekend. And just that weekend feels like it was a month ago oh, now at I this know. point. like I Here's the thing. It's like it's really hard to concentrate and talk, even talk, talk about, you know, specific wrestling shows, as I'm sure many people experienced last night trying to watch either Dynamite or uh, NXT. I mean, with everything else going on. Your head's just not in it. What is the appetite even for professional wrestling right now? We have time for one call before we get to our uh, guest, Alex Patel. But uh, let's go to the phone lines right now. Hansi, what's on your mind? What's going on, guys? Uh, I just, uh, I didn't really have much to, I just wanted to, like, kind of uh, tell everyone to be safe with, like, you know, this whole coronavirus thing. I, I was going to ask you guys for your advice because the WWE, I mean, I don't know if they're going to cancel the event on Saturday, but I had tickets. And now I don't even know if I should go. Like, now I'm like, like, even my mom told me, she's like, goes, listen, you're a grown man. You can make your decisions, but I would not suggest it. And And, like, now it's like, I don't know how to get a refund from StubHub or anything like that. If I I don't go, I don't know if I get a refund. But how much are the tickets, Hansi? Um, Amer- American. It was a hundred. It was hundred dollars for floor seat uh, for a floor seat. These seats by were the, not. Uh, I looked yeah. at the seating chart a few weeks ago. Like these were not. Like it's it's an expensive ticket here in Toronto. Hansi, hundred dollars yep. is a lot of money. That would suck. 
but it's only a yeah. hundred dollars, you know, like, I, no, mean, no, I, I know, I know. I, hopefully I, you I, can I, get I, something back, but you know, people who are struggling with this, these decisions, I mean, listen, ultimately it's just up to you. Maybe in your area, it's not really that serious and it's worth, uh, if you even want to consider it a risk, but if it's, it seems like you're concerned and you know, you just have to ask yourself if your concern is worth the hundred dollars or $200 or however much that you're paying. No, no, for, no, for sure, for sure. I listen, guys, before I go, I just want to say stay safe, man, and I hope this isn't – for a conspiracy theorist like me, this is like – this day has been like 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 on the rise for a long time because I always predicted something like this was going to go, go down. So I just hope everyone stays safe, and I hope we don't have like a walking dead situation arising. So I hope mm. everyone in post-wrestling you know, or just around the world stays safe. And way, um, happy early birthday, by the way. I know oh, it's your birthday you. this weekend. And uh, again, guys, uh, good work as usual. I just wanted to call in quickly. I, I didn't really want to talk about wrestling because this has been on my mind the whole the whole day. So wrestling has to take a backseat. But I'm glad that you guys um, came on to like kind of like you know like you know I, I like when you guys do these podcasts and where we're all getting getting through this together and all that. So I appreciate you guys for you know taking the time to like go through all this with us and all that. I appreciate you guys. Well, well thank you, Hansi. And you stay it. safe no as well, Hansi. Thank you. Yeah, uh, a lot of people want to get on. We want to take all of your calls. But before that, we're going to go to our guest uh, in a few few short seconds here. Uh, you know, like like Hansi mentions, I think a lot of people are very confused, perhaps concerned. And, you know, this is why I think it's it's especially important to not just have people speculating and maybe spreading uh, information that might not completely be, um, I don't know, the most up-to-date and the most accurate. Uh, and this is also why I think we, it's good to have uh, expert opinion. So we look forward to getting Dr. Alex Patel on very shortly. Uh, but John, any uh, anything else you would like to discuss? Anything else that's on your mind? Um, no, I think that um, this this really is uh, dominating everything um, more so than any other stories that are going on in wrestling. We can add that that Evolve has uh, postponed their shows um, and. Those were set to go this weekend. All right. We want to turn that down, maybe. It's only I'm only I'm hearing it. It's so it's not going on air. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um so anyway, the Evolve shows, uh, they have postponed their shows that are coming up this weekend. Uh those have been postponed until May. And uh AEW, apparently the uh, the latest here, um is that next week's show uh, will not take place. Uh, from Rochester, New York, as um, had been scheduled and looks to be moved to July, that they will be in Rochester. So that was uh, first reported by Mike Johnson and uh, joins uh, the list here. And that, of course, uh, earlier we had mentioned that Governor Andrew Cuomo has uh, banned any gatherings of more than 500 people within the state until further notice so those look to be the latest uh i would expect an official announcement about smackdown to be made pretty soon um regarding um friday night's show so we will uh keep tabs on that as well i believe we have our guest on the line and hopefully he's there right now alex are you with us yes i am thanks a lot wonderful Alex Patel is here. He is uh, one of our listeners. He is also a critical care physician here in Toronto at a local hospital. Alex, uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, Can you just uh, sort of give us a sense of what uh, the last 24 hours has been like for you? And has it dramatically increased in terms of the awareness, the concern um, as compared to the past week, for example? 
Well, for us, uh, you know, it's been like this probably for the better part of uh, the last week. Uh, okay. We knew once things started to ramp up in Italy that that we were inevitably going to see an increase in caseload here. Uh, today, you know, we, we get sort of updates twice a day and, and two calls a day about what's going on. This morning there were, uh, in Ontario, 17 new cases, which is the highest that we've had. So that's, you know, been the cause of alarm. Obviously, you know, there's been background chatter about all the events being cancelled and everything. And um, But I would say there's been, you know, a heightened sense of awareness for a while about this, and we've been, you know, doing preparation. And uh, I wouldn't say the last 24 hours has really uh, changed much other than sort of, uh, I think, made more people around us aware uh, of what's going on. What would you say would be an appropriate level of concern right now from the public? And do you feel like we are getting there? Do you feel like there's still a great deal of people that aren't taking this as seriously as they should be? Are we taking it too seriously? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think most people are taking it, you know, somewhat seriously now, for sure, and perhaps uh, even erring a little bit on, on the side of extreme. A lot of this depends on where you live. So uh, obviously, if you live in Europe, particularly Italy, it's a huge issue, and um, they're doing their best to isolate everyone. If you live in North America, and you're not in one of the areas where we have uh, increasing spread, especially within the community, which means spread from people to other people, and we don't know how they got it. And, and the main areas that's occurring in is Washington, uh, the Bay Area, and there's a case in BC. Uh, in those areas, you know, there's definitely a heightened sense of vigilance. Everywhere else, uh, you know, we're not in, in outbreak mode. In fact, if you look at the the way we're classified in Toronto and in most of the cities in the U.S., we're classified into low outbreak mode, which means we're not recommending, you know, people isolate themselves or bunker down. Uh, we're recommending at this point, you know, good hand hygiene, as you guys have said many times on your show, uh, making sure you try not to touch your hands to your face, avoiding, you know, high risk situations like large group settings, large uh, congregations, places where you're touching a lot of people. Uh, and that's all called part of social distancing, trying to maintain, you know, a boundary of about a meter from people you don't know. And of course, if you're sick or you've traveled, isolating yourself from people. So that's kind of where we're at. It shouldn't really at this point in these areas be interfering with your day to day life. You should still be able to go, you know, to, to most places you usually go to. Just have to exercise some common sense around high-risk areas and if you're ill. We've been talking a lot on the show about, you know, uh, WWE uh, potentially canceling WrestleMania and maybe just even sporting events at large all around the world being canceled. What What is your opinion about, first of all, WWE, WrestleMania in particular, but also uh, other sporting events all around the world? So I think WWE WrestleMania is is quite a you know quite a problem for two reasons. Number one is just the number of people that attract. So you take your traditional sort of NBA game and you've got twenty thousand fans. WWE is going to attract much more than that, and it's going to attract a lot of travelers. The problem with that is you're going to get people coming in there uh, that are traveling, and we know that a lot of the time you know they're not necessarily bringing the virus from where they are, but they're picking up at the airport, they're mm -hmm. picking it up on the airplanes, and you're getting a lot of people coming into an area where they could certainly have the virus and then we know that they can start to show symptoms within about five days on average. So if they pick it up, they attend a few, you know, pre-wrestling events, they're there, they attend a couple of, they could certainly get symptomatic on that trip and, and it can be spread, you know, in and around WrestleMania. They can also take that back home and maybe they're in a country where they don't have a lot of cases and now you're introducing it there as well. On top of that, you start to get this concept of community spread where things are being spread without us knowing. And when that happens, when we can't link specific cases to a traveler, that's really when we start to see an escalation in cases. And that's when we get really concerned from an epidemiology standpoint that we're going to see increasing cases and that we're going to start to really have to take aggressive measures. And an event like WrestleMania is a perfect breeding ground for encouraging something like that. So I think it should be, you know, with a heightened sense of awareness that it is quite a high-risk situation. Now, that being said, Tampa is not necessarily at this point an endemic area. It's not the same as if it was in Washington. 
But that may change in, in a week, and we already know there are some cases there, and we know that majority of this is not just Tampa Bay people. It's people traveling in. So I would say it's, it's more high risk than most NBA and NHL games and, and most of the other things you're seeing canceled. Are there, are there any common misconceptions that you're seeing on a, on a routine basis? Anything that, that you're seeing as kind of like a pattern of whether it be just misinformation or just, you know, confusion that is naturally going to come out of a situation like this? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I can address a few of those. The first one is around, you know, what is social distancing and, and, you know, what does it mean and do I not hang out with my friends? And that, that's not what it means. Social distancing means avoiding things like high-risk situations in large group settings, not, you know, excessive contact with people. If you're sick, then staying home. Uh, if you travel, staying away from people. Uh, and generally speaking, you know, if you're hanging out with people that you do know and everyone is well, that that's not violating social distancing. I think the other thing is the, uh, generally speaking, around how dangerous the virus is. So we know that 80% of people who get the virus will not be hospitalized. In fact, in Ontario, we've had about 59 cases and, and no one has been hospitalized really yet for it. We know most people will go home and they will be okay. We know 15% will end up in hospital and 5% will actually come to the ICU and those are the ones that, you know, obviously I'm most focused on. But we know that most of those are going to be those with, you know, chronic health illnesses and those that are elderly. So I think it's important to exercise more caution around that. And the other thing is people are just a lot of uh, hysteria about how this is spread. It's spread through what we call droplet, which means that you know, droplets from someone's mouth have to end up either onto you because they directly cough on you or they have to end up on a surface that you touch and then sort of touch your mouth. And we know, you know, based on some data out of France, that's about three hours that the the virus can be live on things. It's not because you get a package from China and you open it up. It's not because, you know, somebody touched something two days ago and you're worried about it. So, you know, if you're in a situation where you are touching things that people may be around, it's good to make sure that you either wipe it down or exercise good hand hygiene and wash it. And, you know, maintaining some distance around people is okay. But just because somebody in the same room as you even has this, as long as, you know, if they were, you know, far away from you, they're very unlikely to transmit it to you. It's not an airborne type disease. Are are there any specifics you can impart on people that naturally there's going to be some level of paranoia if I start to get a cough or a runny nose that I'm immediately going to assume the worst and we don't want to overcrowd hospitals such as the one you're working at? Is there anything you can... um, inform people of things to be looking for or is it you know it's not necessarily you can self-diagnose yourself obviously so the main thing is if you're in an area where it's not endemic yet then usually you need a link so a link to either have traveled yourself or a close contact who's traveled so obviously if you have that that will increase the risk that this is uh, COVID. in terms of symptoms the predominant symptom that uh, we can isolate is fever. And we know that typically it's about five days after you've been exposed, uh, and fever occurs in most people. If you have a fever, the other symptoms in descending order are cough and shortness of breath. Now, obviously, those have a lot of mimicry with diseases such as influenza, the common flu, and other respiratory illnesses. Some clues that it may be one of the others, a runny nose, um, typically associated more with the common flu, not so much with uh, COVID. Headache is more with influenza, again, not so much with COVID. To give you a sense, though, uh, we've swabbed in Ontario uh, something like 3,000 people and 59 of them. So 3,000 people we thought maybe had it and 59 have had it. So that means, you know, over... 
you know, 2,800 or 2,900 have had something else. And generally speaking, it's influenza or RSV, which is like the common cold. So those on the whole are much, much more common. If you have a bit of a sniffly nose and you don't have a fever and you have a bit of a cough and a little bit of congestion and you haven't had any link with somebody who's traveled and you're not in like Washington, D.C. or an area where it's really spreading, you probably don't have COVID almost certainly. And, you know, you don't need to necessarily run to your local ER. We are actually setting up COVID centers. We just had a meeting about that around the city. That should be coming out in in uh, the news soon. One of them is being set up in the, near where I work, where you can go in and get tested for COVID. And it's simply people who may have that. So that, that's a good spot to go if for some reason you think there is a travel link or your symptoms fit more with that. Otherwise, for the vast majority of people who have a little bit of an illness, we still advise that you stay home, but you probably don't have COVID. What, uh, can you uh, educate us maybe what the latest is on on the uh, the the I guess the how, how contagious this is for uh, first of all pets but also for children because I've heard conflicting things about the uh, both of those things. Right. So the virus is what we call a beta coronavirus. So the best uh, it mimics is SARS, if you guys remember SARS from 2003. What we do know about it is that it's more contagious than SARS. So SARS was, was spread not as aggressively, but SARS was much more fatal. The fatality rate in SARS was about 20%. This one is, is much less. It's closer to 2 to 5%, but it does spread more aggressively. Now, in terms of children, what we do know is that it rarely affects children. It can, and when it does, it's almost certainly never going to be lethal. No one under the age of 10 has died from this, as best we know. So in general, it's not a disease of young people. Kids can get it. There was a case in Ontario, but it's very rare that they get it. Even if they do, they usually recover. Um, predominantly, the ones that get sick are the older and the elderly, which is a little bit different than SARS, where we saw even young people getting very sick with this. So that's kind of the, the pattern of how it affects young people um, uh, versus older people. In your opinion, you know, seeing how uh, reportedly numbers in China are are uh, de-escalating, maybe even uh, uh, flatlining at the moment, has at least a portion of the world figured out a solution to combat this that others can replicate? Yeah, I mean, it's very encouraging. So the, the number one thing you're going to hear about if you if you read a lot online or you hear things is something called flattening the curve. And what flattening the curve means is we know that if the whole population gets exposed at once, that the caseload will be astronomically high. The virus won't last very long because everybody gets it right away, but you're going to overwhelm hospitals and things like that. And that's kind of what's happening in Italy. That's why you see these sort of parabolic or, or quite increases that are uh, occurring daily. In China, in Korea, in Japan, they've done a good job of trying to flatten that. So the way they did that was using uh, social isolation or social distancing from people, uh, as well as isolating travelers, making sure people stay home when they're sick. And by doing that, what they've done is reduce the caseload to the point that they're spreading it out a bit longer, but it's less total cases overall, and it's less at one time. So they're not overloading the medical system. And in fact, we are seeing in China, there were only, I think, 12 new cases today. We're seeing Korea come down nicely. Uh, we're seeing Japan level off. So we know that based on that, if you do good sort of epidemiology type things to prevent spread, you can level it out and it will come down. In terms of specific treatment for this, uh, it is not a bacteria, so antibiotics are not effective. There are antivirals that are, are given. Typically, there are two that we use, uh, and they are HIV antivirals, so medications that we would have used for HIV that we can use for this. Usually, we reserve those for sicker patients that are admitted to hospital. For the vast majority, they don't need any treatment. They'll recover on their own. In terms of uh, Ontario, how, how, how would you kind of assess how uh, prepared the hospitals have been for the, this high volume as well? And is there any link to the SARS outbreak having gone through this in 2003 that's made this province at least um, more equipped or is there no real connection there? 
No, there, there's definitely a connection. We're very equipped. Um, we've been on the ball in terms of getting this going for the last while, even before we had many cases here. So we've, to give you an idea, already ramped up in our hospital and around hospitals, uh, ICU coverage. You know, we've all created backup schedules. We all haven't been traveling, uh, the physicians, that is. And we've done a great job of making sure that we have these centers up and running to screen people right away. So we're, there is a heightened sense here of preparedness. And we know from SARS that a lot of the spread in SARS, the secondary spread was at a hospital in uh, the GTA where it got spread to healthcare workers and out. So, you know, we've been doing a great job here making sure we have enough masks for people that we have the proper training. We're going through mock exercises. So we don't anticipate. In fact, we have not seen a lot of what we call nosocomial or healthcare-related spread with this. So in Ontario, at least, we are very prepared. And we don't think this is going to overwhelm the medical system if people do a good job of staying home when they're sick and not getting the caseload up right away. If it does what's done in a lot of the other countries where it sort of spreads out over time, we can certainly accommodate most people. And we think we'll be okay. So uh, SARS has definitely helped in that. Uh, but I think in general, just everyone here is taking it very seriously and is very prepared. Do you believe that the same precautions are being taken place in the rest of North America? And, and you know, uh, we heard the, the president um, uh, uh, speak on national TV about some of the, uh, the uh, um, uh, restrictions that they're implementing as far as travel. Are you happy with how, let's say, the American or even the Canadian governments have dealt with this thus far? I would have liked to have seen a better response. I heard Doug Ford today talking about uh, how he felt people could just from March break come back. And I think that that's sort of the wrong idea to take. I think uh, we know if you travel, it's high risk. And I think even if you travel and you're not sick right away, we know the disease may not come out for five days. So I think everyone should be isolated uh, when they come back if they've traveled uh, right now. Uh, we know that travel is a high risk and I think, you know, we should be doing that. So I would have liked to have seen a stronger statement on that. And I know, you know, most of my colleagues and us have drafted a letter to sort of send to the government that we're in the process of doing. I think in Italy, they didn't do a great job of taking it seriously initially, and we sort of saw the effects of that, and it's hard to catch up when you don't do that. Uh, in parts of the U.S., they've, uh, they have a bit of a problem as well because of the way that their system works. I don't know whether uh, everyone there can seek out care for free like you can here. So there is that impetus sometimes not to do that. So I think that does limit their ability to get everybody who is uh, screened right away and isolated as, as much as we can here. Uh, I think overall, though, I think most people are coming around. I think you know in areas where it's starting to spread more like Washington and California. They've shut down most things. They've limited gatherings. They're really trying to keep the caseload low. Uh, the United States is following more of an Italy pattern in their initial curve, more so than Canada is. So they are seeing an escalation in cases. And, you know, I don't know. We don't know the exact reason. It could be because access to health care. It could be because, you know, they just have more people. And because of that, you're going to have more travelers. But, um, you know, I think it's a step in the right direction. I think I think Trump took it much more seriously now, obviously, than he was before. Um, just banning travelers, though, isn't from one part of the world is not going to solve the problem. We have to be smart about how we treat anyone who travels and anyone who's sick right now. Anything we haven't covered, Alex, that you maybe want to convey to people out there that maybe, um, you know, obviously uh, a significant amount of concern that's out there. Yeah. I mean, I think I want to convey that, you know, not to think the world is ending right now. Um, by and large, you can do most of what you do. You just have to be smart about it. So uh, if you're sick, stay home. If you travel, stay home uh, until you've had an appropriate amount of time. If you have elderly parents or you have you know, people on immunosuppressives that are high risk, um, don't go near them if you're sick. Uh, if you happen to have large congregations like a WrestleMania, for instance, um, uh, it may not be popular to say, but I, I think you should avoid those right now because we know those are high risk areas to spread. Uh, don't go touching a lot of people without you know, making sure you wash your hands and things like that. And I think 
think if you follow those general practices, at least until this, you know, maybe becomes a community-borne disease where everyone has it, you can still go about most of your life, and you should. I don't think we're going to win anything by everyone, you know, bunkering down, maybe as uh, people are doing. So uh, I think that's the message: is to take it seriously, to isolate your distance yourselves from people uh, as you can, uh, make sure that you know you're isolating yourself if you're sick or traveled, but doing the things that you can otherwise do uh, to live your life. Alex, uh, thank you so much for all of the information, uh, as well as uh, on the forum as well. I know uh, I speak for everyone. They are very grateful for all the information you've been able to uh, impart. No problem. Happy to help anytime I can. All right. Thank you, Doctor. Alex Patel, everybody, a uh, critical care physician here in the city of Toronto. And uh, one update I can add, because we brought this up on Rewind to Dynamite, is that the beer spot in the main event... uh, it was not a random beer. Uh, it was untouched from a plant. Oh, I very can, good. I can uh, relay. Very good to know. Uh, and and I suppose maybe uh, potentially seeking some the attention of, of whoever produced that beer. A very um, you know uh, responsible decision to make. Also, um, again, this is kind of a locally for us in the province of Ontario. Uh, schools have been ordered to remain closed from March 14th through April the 5th. So okay. um, that's a, that's another measure being taken uh, in our home province. But um, our prime minister is self-quarantining. He is, yes. Um, uh, after his wife was found to have uh, so- certain symptoms after travel to, I believe, England. So. Yes. So I know that... Um, there, there's still we're still waiting just uh, official word on some of the events that are coming up that this weekend mm-hmm. uh, with, with SmackDown that it is seeming um, well. It's tomorrow, so we'll have to find out pretty well, shortly. It, it's looking unlikely it will be in Detroit. I will say, um, and then we have yeah the uh, Bellator UFC shows um, AEW next week. It looks like uh, Rochester that will not be uh, happening there in in Rochester. So you know it's all these companies. It's pretty much. Like, do you, how far out are you moving stuff? Are you making adjustments? It's, um, it's very hard. It's not like you can just say that, Hey, we, this is going to be life for six weeks. It could be six months. You don't, you don't Mm -hmm. know how, um, widespread this is going to be, um, for this period of time, there's a lot of uncertainty and, and with that, you know, you run into the, the chance for, you know, conflicting messages and you just have to be really um cautious about your information as well a lot of people want to get on the phone lines we'll try to take as many calls as let's you can. do calls for the rest of the show let's uh try to keep everything as short as possible if you guys don't mind uh we go back to the phone lines right now caller thank you for waiting what's up hey guys paul from new jersey hi hey, paul. paul hey so yeah I, I just man that was great with alex mm. and man like i really appreciate this community because as somebody who works in government Some of the things I've heard over the past days and weeks, and especially from this current administration, has been bananas. But I guess my my thing is, and I don't know if this has come up, hypothetically, if WWE did go on with WrestleMania, wouldn't it be a half-empty stadium? A half-empty, unempty stadium. Well, yeah. I mean, if okay. if they permitted people to go. Oh, um, yeah. it's certainly going to affect, I think, people that will, will not be up for traveling there, certainly. Um, uh, yeah, it's, you know, uh, WrestleMania was not sold out to begin with, but certainly this would, uh, I think, eliminate a lot of spectators. I just, I have such a hard time imagining that if WrestleMania were to happen, I couldn't imagine it being open to the the, the entire public. Yeah, for sure. And just a, a transfer real quick um, onto Rob Gunkowski. Um, I know you guys aren't big like football fans, but I think that's such a great signing for them 
my question is, is he going to like report to the PC or are they going to try? Like, it seemed like they were going to try to get him on TV right away. Yeah, it seemed like he was going to be introduced on next week's uh, SmackDown show. Um, you know, I, I certainly can't imagine that Gronkowski would be coming in here to do this regularly at, like at, you know, um, you know, we, we talked about like the concussion issues, like from his own description, like he believes he's had like 20 or so concussions like mm. that is that is alarming yes. immediately. Um, so, you know, he's 30 years old, fantastic athlete, has a great, great personality as well. But, I mean, but if but the history of concussions and you're training to become a wrestler, think about all the bad things, all the wrong things that you have to learn to not do in order to actually do them. So I, I think you're looking at like a celebrity wrestler that, you know, maybe is going to do one or two matches a year would mm-hmm. be the the absolute kind of. But I couldn't see him doing any kind of regular. They can schedule. build up to a big WrestleMania thing, or a big, I mean, at this point, who knows what show it would be involved. But just to have that name attached to to the brand, maybe do some live TV appearances. Maybe that's all in all the type of value that they're looking for from this deal, especially when you're in Boston this summer, potentially for SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back to the phone lines, caller, you're on the air. What's up? Hello, caller. I believe this is John. Can you hear me? Oh, hi. Hi. Hi, guys. Uh, happy belated birthday, John. Thank you very much. And a happy birthday to oh, Way. Oh yeah, happy future birthday. I don't know when it is, sorry. It's on Saturday. Uh but let's move on. Uh I just want to speak as I have family in Italy mm. who is going through this. They have not left their house. Yeah. Mm. And what we're what we're not realizing is like three weeks ago Italy was fine. Mm. And now it's the worst place hit. And see, I've heard that see oh. it, it it was fine but but it really wasn't fine because that's that's when everything no. was probably being spread but yes i understand sorry so we don't know what the landscape of america will be come wrestlemania weekend like mm-hmm. i've heard 170 to 150 million americans are gonna get hit with this that's what the uh i believe the con- uh some doctor said on uh i can't remember which doctor it was congressional doctor or something said that uh, I think WWE's make a mistake. They just can't postpone it or something. I all these shows. I don't even know why they're doing SmackDown. They need to just cancel everything. It's just money at the end of the day. You're risking people's health for a show. Uh, and I don't agree with empty stadiums. I mean, I commentate wrestling and I feed off the crowd just as much as the wrestlers feed off the crowd. If there's no crowd, matches are stupid. Like that makes no sense to me. I just think that this is, uh, from what I heard. Vince wants the city to council, cancel it so he gets money back from insurance or something. That's the reason why both parties aren't really canceling it. Because if Vince McMahon mm-hmm. cancels it, he doesn't lose mon- money. But if the government or if Tampa cancels it, he gets money back. But I also think this is kind of Vince McMahon's ego playing a part in this. Like, let's be honest, this guy was the first guy to do a show after 9-11. You know, he's the guy that puts all those stats up on Raw and Sma- SmackDown about social media followers and ratings. He wants to be the guy to be like, listen, everyone else canceled, but we're we're not canceling. How much money you want to bet he comes on Smack? Someone wrestler on SmackDown talks about how everyone else is shutting down, but we're live. You know what I mean? I just think it, it's a mistake. He needs to cancel it. You know, fans will forgive you, postpone it, whatever. I mean, if it was up to me, I would. He should move it up and do next week. Like I don't know the logistics of it, but. Wouldn't it be better uh, if no, you really you, want to you, put you wouldn't be able to, to move it at, at this point. I mean, there's there's just too much, um, you know, all invested on one weekend from travelers to so many yeah, other no, I agree. factors. Um, People are already alert enough that I, I mean, I certainly don't see um, concerns getting lesser. 
Listen, I, I, I'm, I, I don't want to just, um, you know, simplify it that it's just uh, a decision you just make automatically. Uh, it's very easy when you're not uh, making a decision that affects all of these different people and your the revenue involved. But I think as you see the actions of other leagues, other events, that as the not even days progress, but the hours progress, that it just seems that you know here is a spotlight on. A company that has not been able to make a decision that others with similar um, with similar losses that they are facing from the NCAA to the NHL and the NBA are making. Um, I, I don't think you're standing out in a good way, um, even if there may be well-intentioned um, ideas to try and move forward and, and keep this thing going. Um, there does come a point where you just have to acknowledge that this is not in the public's interest to go forward with this and then come up with our contingency, whether it is a summer WrestleMania, whether it is whatever countless other ideas there are. When it comes to television, I mean, the idea of doing empty arena shows, I mean, it, it, it becomes very difficult. What is the understanding level of a USA Network and Fox that they want? Those hours of content, it's not as though they live and die based on filling arenas. It's great for atmosphere, but it are are more people going to be watching television at the moment that they will tune in for Raw and SmackDown in front of empty arenas. Um, that's not the biggest concern, though. It's, you know, just when you're looking at it that, you know, I can understand why you go forward with empty arena shows. But, you know, the second that there is a an outbreak of this among one person in that WWE locker room. Like that's got to be almost like game over oh, for we just saw two with, weeks. We just saw it with the NBA and their plans to do MT arenas uh, matches. And it's that's like, I'm, pu- I'm putting my talent in an airplane to yep. go to all these cities at this moment. And one positive case comes out. That's it. Then we are not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very risky. When we're talking about moment. any sort of sports. I mean, we're, we're, we're probably going to be talking a lot more about constant testing, you know, and this extends obviously to any, especially, you know, something like pro wrestling where you're, getting to a great physical contact but also the ufc can you imagine the level of testing now that needs to be in place to for anybody to be able to take part in a cage match who are in gyms every day yeah i I do want to read this because i do think it's important because this guy has been kind of the poster boy of ignorance towards this and this was from rudy gobert of the utah jazz who i'm sure has been inundated um with People's comments over the past 24 hours. He wrote this uh, today on Instagram. I want to thank everyone for the outpouring of concern and support over the last 24 hours. I've gone through many emotions since learning of my diagnosis, mostly fear, anxiety, and embarrassment. The first and most important thing is I would like to publicly apologize to the people that I may have endangered. At the time, I had no idea I was infected. I was careless and make no excuse. I hope my story serves as a warning and causes everyone to take this seriously. I will do whatever I can to support using my experience as a way to educate others and prevent the spread of this virus i am under great care and will fully recover thank you for your support and i just think that's important because this was someone that did not take this seriously that was openly joking about this and you know unfortunately he has now tested positive for this and i think it's very important to see that attitude change in such a uh, significant degree um and the realities of what is out there we put so much value on celebrity that you know if there's perhaps any sort of silver lining to be had, it's that when it's when it this stuff happens to people that uh, we see every day, whether it be Tom Hanks or uh, an NBA player, hopefully it has the effect of making everybody take it a lot more seriously. So uh, some lessons to be learned right there for sure. Let's go back to the phone lines for as long as we can. Caller, what's on your mind? Hey guys, it's Corey from Long Island. Can you hear me all right? I'm yes. on speaker. Yep, I hear you perfectly. 
Perfect. So um, I have two tabs open right now on my computer. The first is a tweet from Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey recommending the cancellation of all public gatherings of 250 plus people. Uh, in the second tab, I have uh, my ticket to AW's show in Newark. Mm. Um, and I mean, I was I was sitting down with my friend watching Dynamite last night. And every time they mentioned this blood and guts match, we just looked at each other and just kind of shook our head. And it's like, we're both going to this, but we both know we're probably not going to this, whether it's going to be an official cancellation, which New York, which is where I live, they've been, uh, they've been clamping down on everything. Every single show that I had a ticket for this weekend canceled public events and you know same thing 250 plus people uh they you know there there's a hard lockdown on that with uh with governor phil murphy of new jersey he's saying it's a recommendation that's not necessarily you know the end-all be-all like command but i i can't see myself going to this new work show as much as that main event is is huge and as much as they're pushing this as like a pay-per-view on television i just don't know if i can like if it, like as a social responsibility go considering like how many people are going to be packed in there mm -hmm. no i think that uh, that sentiment would be shared by a lot of people and i i think at the very least that show would be in doubt uh, two weeks from now yeah I, I mean it's it's impossible to tell the future um as i would have said 24 hours ago um it's just it's hard to imagine an arena of 10,000 people uh in two weeks for aew which um dave Meltzer had reported that tony khan kind of gave a, a speech to the locker room on wednesday night pretty much and and this is dave Meltzer's reporting that anyone that is not comfortable traveling that doesn't want wants to take some shows off that will not be held against you it is not going to affect your standing or anything and that that to me is the kind of message that i, I would be very um that would be very welcomed i think by people that are you know it in this industry in many industries you have that um that concern of man if i put my health in front of my job, am I going to be jeopardizing anything to get that kind of reassurance? Mm -hmm. I, I think would be just that for a lot of people. It's it. However, it does feel like it's, it's step one in what maybe bigger decisions that this company has to take. To and and again, I mean, this is also like they're doing a live show as a lot of this stuff is, is breaking on Wednesday night. And yeah. today it may be, well, it's, we're not even giving people the option. Um, so yep. back to the phone lines right now. Caller, what's on your mind? Hello. Hi there. Hey, I don't. I missed the beginning of the show, so I don't know if you covered it, but we'll cover it again. Have you guys listened to Anthony Kingdom James's Handsome Genius Club, po Club podcast this morning? No, no, can't say I, I, I heard it. Uh, what What did he say? Oh, it broke my heart. He he sounded like somebody kicked his puppy when he announced that he's canceling his union show on the tw that was going to happen on the 27th. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, all, a lot of promoters are probably, you know, faced with the same thing right now. Um, again, though, you know, I, I ask, think about the alternative, like think about the worst case scenario, not to say that, you know, it, it, it's, I, I wouldn't fault anybody for ex exercising caution. I have sympathy for people that are losing money on any sort of endeavor that they're, oh. they're taking part in. But listen, in 10 years time, it'll be a blip, right? I know. Well, what a, 
a kingdom's talked highly of the both of you. Uh, I know John talked spoken highly of kingdom. You know, so uh, Benno was talking about the uh, Patreons and such and supporting the wrestlers. I'm, if you would indulge me, can I throw out a plug for Kingdom James? Absolutely, sure. My name is Kingdom on Patreon and the social, that's all the social media, but patreon.com slash my name is Kingdom. I'm a patron there too. He puts up some fun stuff. Honestly, I mean, I don't know how anybody feels about like just being flat out pitied, but man, my heart broke for the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get in at $2 and he does a podcast five days a week. Yeah. Cool. Which, which I'll close with. He's talked about doing swap casts. I would love to get kingdom back in the studio with you guys. I love actually, John is how I discovered you guys are how I discovered Kingdom had a Patreon in the first place. We're we're very happy to have Kingdom on uh, anytime. He's a friend of the show and uh, he puts on a lot of uh, fun events in, in the local area. So whenever he gets back on his feet, that that offer is definitely there. Yeah, and listen, there's there's many promoters in um, uh, promoting in the best of times is extremely. Um, <sighs> It's, it's, a risky, it's a risky endeavor either way, yeah. you know. But, and uh, the idea that you know you invest in putting on a show—that's um, what it is. It's an investment that you are going to uh, get travel arrangements, accommodations for some, depending on the level of your show that you're putting on. And the hope is that that you're going to make all that back and then some at your show. But when the show portion is taken out and there's costs that are non-refundable i mean it's the promoter that ultimately takes that loss so i I definitely have a lot of sympathy for all of the companies that are there wrestlemania weekend and in other parts of the country this is not just centered on wrestlemania weekend in tampa there are promoters all over um that are going to be affected by this and could be for the foreseeable future as well so um yeah I was going to say, I mean, not that it's it's on the top of anybody's minds, but it, since it is Wednesday, the numbers did come out. Did you want to uh, sure? What, go what do you have them? there? Yep. So right now, I have uh, this past week's uh, AEW Dynamite did uh, seven hundred sixty-six thousand total viewers with a point two six in the prime demo. NXT did six hundred ninety-seven thousand with a point two one, and uh, those uh, they so AEW was twenty-fifth. Uh, for the night, uh, and then NXT was forty second, and of course, um, you know all. They're numbers. numbers you can really throw out because I think last night everyone's attention was on the presidential address and all of the cable news coverage. I mean, just looking at the the cable news numbers, like that's what everyone was paying attention to, and uh, certainly uh, wrestling was not um, the priority for, mm-hmm. for even um, the most ardent of fans. I would say. So I think that's going to wrap up the show. Uh, this one has uh, has breezed by, but um, all thank of a you. Ninety minutes is over. Thank you so much to all, uh, all of our guests, especially Benno and especially Dr. Alex Patel for uh, imparting so much knowledge and insight uh, from their corners of the world. Again, uh, I highly encourage everybody to go to the forums, check out Alex's thread, "Wrestling and Coronavirus" at forum.postwrestling.com. Um, that continues to receive a lot of great activity and discussion from very uh, educated and uh, well-informed people, and also people that are asking great questions. So. 
I encourage uh, that type of participation. Thank you to everybody who was in the chat room today, and thank you to all the callers. Yeah, and uh, you can keep it. Um, postwrestling.com will have all the latest updates about uh, show updates and whatever news comes out, uh, courtesy of myself and Andrew Thompson, who has been uh, on top of things uh, throughout the day as well. So uh, keep it tuned there. Thank you to everybody for joining us. Uh, we'll be back later on uh, this weekend, and that is it. Thank you for tuning in to the Cafe Hangout.